Hello and welcome to episode number 268 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Very good. Very good indeed. We are back with some a TV special, um, which is always nice. It's been a while. I'm just trying to think when we actually, I guess it would have been the Creep Show, because we did a couple of shows, didn't we, on, on Creep Show earlier mm-hmm. this year, um, which is also Creep Show is on at the minute, season three. Um, so we'll have to get to that with a whole bunch of other TV stuff that is on right now. Um, the backlog is starting to become a problem. Um, but yeah, this was kind of the one, one that we always... Yes, for sure. Um but yeah, this has been on our radar for a very long time um, since its announcement, Midnight Mass, kind of the return, the real return, I guess, of Mike Flanagan to TV. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll get to all that good stuff shortly. Um, but just a little bit of news this week again, not too much, um, which is good because we got a lot to get through this week when we're talking about <laughs> an entire seven hours of a TV show. Um, not even that. Each episode was over an hour. Yeah, yeah, I think it's about seven and a half overall. Mm. Um, but yeah, this first one is more of a tease for, I guess, what is probably going to be a massive news story next week. Um, and it is about the Scream franchise. Um, so yeah. there's, there's been more clues that point to this today, but I'll start with what I already have, which is um, it's really cool. So basically they are doing a 25th anniversary screening of Scream um, at the Prince Charles Cinema, um, which, of course, is one of our favorite cinemas um, on October 11th next week and as part of the write-up for this um the listing uh, says the follow of following um to make the evening just a little bit more special everyone in the audience will receive a free gift with their ticket and the chance to be one of the first audiences in the world to see the new trailer for the next installment in the franchise um so it was already like okay like they're probably gonna have a trailer and there's already been talks and scuttlebutt of this said trailer coming very soon um and then i also saw today that like on twitter if you type in hashtag scream it comes up with a little ghost face emoji now which wasn't there before um and i also saw a tease from i believe one of the production companies it looks like it had like seven droplets of blood next to it so people are are adding from that that it's you know a week away from the trailer essentially um which perfectly lines up with this that this is the day before so it'd kind of be like here's this little tease for the people watching the anniversary screen and there are some screenings in the states as well for this um and then yeah obviously the trailer will seemingly drop this time next week it'll probably drop after we record yeah of course it will they're gonna get stab masks aren't they oh that'd be awesome that would be so sick um yeah that's gonna be a hell of a screen and for people that do get to go to that and the amazing uh, prince charles um but yeah we're hopefully that'll be our our lead in news story next week uh how how excited are you for your first taste of the new screen mill movie oh man i can't i it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be an experience mm. like i really hope i really hope we do get it now um it feels right it feels like the right time and i think we said a few weeks ago like we're gonna have to have a trailer for this soon yeah it's um, not that far away uh, january 14th yeah. which i think is 100 days away so it's, can't it's wait. around the corner you know because we're gonna we're just gonna get a vibe as to what this is you know we'll we'll get um you know snippets of what what ghost face may or may not look like you know we'll get you know we'll get kind of you know not we won't get all of this but you know these are all the questions there's this there's kind of what do our returning cast members kind of look like what are their roles where are they in this world kind of 
will we get any of that will we just get even just a sense of kind of the music and the way that it looks and just just all of that i feel like is super important you know scream had a very distinct soundtrack sound design look and feel and everything and you know minimum we're going to get that in the trailer we're going to get to just to see if this feels like it and then will we get some of those other answers for to the other questions who knows Mm. that's the thing that i'm most intrigued to see is like we have seen four screen movies and we've seen was it two seasons or three seasons of the tv show Mm. and that was the biggest difference of like Mm. i can see a one second clip of anything screen related and i can immediately tell you if it's one of the movies or the tv show because of the fact that those four movies do have a distinct look but like you mentioned that the the sound is so important in scream mm-hmm. um and so yeah i cannot wait to see what the score and the kind of the sound of in particular the way Ghostface moves has such a specific sound to it and his mm. knife as well or the, their knife so yeah i i cannot wait to see this trailer i'm 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 absolutely buzzing for it um it's been it's been the one trailer like that and the resident evil trailer as well which we should also get soon because that's coming this year mm. um is like they're the two that i've you know heard a lot of good things about we've seen certainly small images from like on set and stuff but i really just want to see like proper final yeah, edited some, some finish yeah some finished footage just mm. i can't wait i cannot for wait. sure um but yeah maybe we'll have both trailers that'd be incredible yeah. um but yeah next week hopefully fingers crossed um and then you're just a, a two couple of small things here so this first one was just news that broke today and i, I was kind of astounded by it because it wasn't something i was expecting to see and it is linked to horror um which i'm sure we'll get to afterwards but um hbo max uh announced today that it is coming to europe um so initially when they announced this i was incredibly excited um because i saw the headline i was like hell yeah we're part of europe and uh october 26th i was like well that's like three weeks away um and then you read the details and it's not as good um but it is obviously (laughs) a step in the right direction um so yeah the countries that get it on october 26 uh sweden finland norway denmark spain and andorra so they basically said like the the nordic countries plus spain so it's really not much this is clearly a very small test bed for them um they also said 14 more european countries coming in early 2022 um now they did not mention at all in any of the stuff i could find about specifically the uk and (laughs) what does worry me um is i did a bit of research and i know that sky have had a long-term deal with hbo Mm. um specifically for sky atlantic shows that's obviously where game of thrones and all of the big hbo stuff usually ends up um obviously they sell certain other shows to different channels but that's a big big partnership in the uk yeah they've got a big partnership with it because obviously when the schneider cut came out Mm -hmm. it, it did hit sky at the same time and we did get to see that um but we haven't consistently been getting the movies you know first and foremost on sky as 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 they do hbo max max so i think that's the bit that's been lacking the most um and you know i was pleasantly surprised when the schneider cut was on there yeah but, um but yeah that that's the thing that we've been missing and, and obviously you know th- that's the thing that's most exciting about it really 
Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, with the Sky thing, apparently I read that their deal with HBO runs through to 2024. So yeah. if that is the case, I mean, again, well, that's not what's to get... Disney Plus. Exactly. Yeah. Not to get too much in the weeds, but yeah, there was already, that was why we had to wait over a year for Disney Plus. And obviously now we have it. It's absolutely fantastic. We love it. Um, and it is the thing is first of all uh, this is a positive like we have not Mm -hmm. seen this before um to me hbo is one of the leaders worldwide in terms of tv and have been for decades and i don't ever understand why they have let their shows be sold piecemeal um because they are just huge you know and all of their shows they scream quality they might not be for you but they scream quality hbo when you get that little hbo logo at the start it gives you reassurance you know it feels it feels like a seal of approval and yeah, to me quality. to me they are number one it, it, you know it's like it's like playstation studios in video games it's like it might not be all for you but it means quality consistently yeah. um and so for me i've always wanted them to branch out because they are primarily based in the states and i'm like you guys could have that worldwide dominance if you just took a risk and you could be like a, a netflix you know that is a worldwide brand so i'm i'm thankful for this first and foremost mm-hmm. um it could be very far away until we start seeing it but yeah like i want to live in a world where we can sign up to hbo max in the uk because i think it's absolutely fantastic for all the shows that they provide and obviously their upcoming stuff you know there's plenty of horror films on there obviously this year you know malignant and conjuring are on there Mm. you know going forward there's going to be a hellraiser series on hbo there's the last of us tv series like there's plenty of stuff in the pipeline that genre fans should be excited for for hbo um so yeah we'll keep you guys updated if i hear anything more in the uk for this one um and then lastly just again another small update on a movie um that i'm very excited for um is titan um this kind of got its uh, small theatrical release in the states over the past week um we got a message from sean our stateside listener who checked it out and absolutely loved it um which just gets me even more excited for this movie that i already cannot wait for um and yeah i'd already talked that we kind of we knew we weren't getting it now um that was never on the cards um but we knew that it was coming at a later date and and I was doing some research today and basically it is getting a few screenings now as part of a BFI sort of London film festival. Um, nice. And that is not just in London. There is other like preview screenings around the UK, which is awesome. I didn't know they did that. Um, I looked it up, however, and there isn't any in our area, unfortunately. It's kind of like, you know, it's Nottingham, Manchester, you know, it's all the ones you'd expect, but it is throughout the UK. So it's mm. like, which I do think is a plus because a lot of the time yeah. it's like, if you don't live in London, get fucked. And they clearly yeah, at least outside of some that. places that are close enough. Like, you know, we, we could drive to a, a screen and it just, you know, it'd be a bit of a chore. Yeah, plus, like, you know, people up north, they deserve to see these Mm. movies as well. So Mm. um, I I think this is great, first and foremost. But, yeah, the actual theatrical release date, apparently, in the UK that I found is the final day, uh, December 31st, um, which is a bit of a shitter um, in terms of a date. (laughs) Yeah, it does, doesn't it? But that was what I saw anyway. So Mm. um, hopefully, you know, I would love to see this as kind of like kicking off 2022, like we did with The Lighthouse, would be awesome. Yeah. Um, I've got to be honest, this feels like a movie that that like for the last few years we've had this yeah we have we possessed her didn't we this year yeah (laughs) we had we had something a year before with before lighthouse it was some i can't remember what it was you're Um, right it does always happen though yeah oh it was the korean movie um oh what parasite parasite yeah Yeah, it was not a year before yeah i think so yeah yeah um you know so you're right, right. Like we, we always theme. we always get it so yeah and this one feels like it, it i thought it was going to be antlers 
and, yeah. <laughs> and, and now it feels like it'll be this yeah that's a good point and i'm totally down for that like so i think it's cool to have that one movie that's like oh you know it would have been cool to see it this year but like i'm i'm totally fine with seeing it early next year so like i say we have we've got plenty to watch this year so i'm not like desperate to watch this film right mm. now when, when it's ready i shall watch it and hopefully enjoy it um but of course if you're outside the uk check out a, a screen and let us know because like i say sean loved it and i'm uh, very much looking forward to it mm. um but yeah that's it for the news this week some nice little stuff in there uh mm. shall we talk about this week's tv show do it let's talk about midnight mass so yeah i mean this is the latest Mike Flanagan TV show. That's kind oh, of Mike Flanagan. That is the the big pitch to this. In case you kind of are listening to this and and for some unknown reason don't know anything about Mike Flanagan, um, he has been sort of a huge presence since we started this podcast. I was going to say um, you've not been listening to the podcast too much if if you don't know who he is because. Yeah. He's pretty much been a consistent throughout throughout all the years. Yeah, he has been like the one guy who, who like you say, he his his trajectory of his career taking off has been in line with us literally starting the podcast, which mm. we we saw Hush in 2016, mm. um, and we loved it on Netflix. It was in our top ten that year, and then yeah. since then he has consistently, you know, Gerald's Game 2017 also in our top ten of that year. Yeah. Um, Hill obviously the Haunting of Hill House in 2018 was just absolutely astounding in um and was was like we said earlier the last time mike flanagan was the cre- the creator the director and the writer of every episode mm-hmm. of a tv show um and then obviously yeah um dr sleep in 2019 also in our top 10 you know mm-hmm. so this guy has consistently made stuff that we loved well um, hill, hill house was you know uh, if it wasn't our tv show of the year it was in the top three but i i, I should oh hill house it was our it was our tv i I assume it was i was trying to think whether there was anything crazy that may have came out that um no definitely one but i can't think of anything more crazy than that really there's you know i was like maybe stranger things like Mm. but there's very few things that are as good as hill house yeah for sure it's absolutely astounding we've talked it up more and more of the years i think it only mm. gets better as time goes on and yeah like we obviously checked out bly manor last year and liked it um but we knew that that was always going to be a different thing because of the fact that mike oversaw it um but he always had this other show that was getting his full attention which was midnight mass um i still thoroughly enjoyed bly manor as well though yeah. like I, I i thought it was fantastic you know may, maybe a step you know step below hill house but it was still really good and um thoroughly enjoyable um but yeah i think midnight mass is a weird one although i feel like this has happened the entire year for me that i just i don't know how you feel but you know we've seen um you know malignant and and these other movies that um uh old and kind of all of these movies that we haven't been getting crazy hyped for and i know that you've talked up midnight mass a lot yeah but i haven't i haven't been like uh, i haven't had it in my mind too much because i just I, it's just one of these things where i'm like i don't need to see nothing from it you know if james Wan is doing a horror movie if flanagan's doing a horror project you know um when when jordan you know starts to give us more of trailers and stuff i really don't need to see him like mm-hmm. 
I'm 100% sold. These are the new auteurs of the genre, and, and I'm in. And um, But what it's done is it's meant that I'm not getting, like, super hyped and talking about it or thinking about it loads, like I am a Scream or even, like, a Halloween or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm just letting it happen. So this was one of these things where it kind of, when it dropped on Netflix, I was even just surprised by the image that I was greeted with in the first episode. Like, oh man, that's like a really cool, like 70s, 80s poster style of, you know, this, this TV show. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, just kind of not really knowing, not seeing the trailer of, well, I must have seen the trailer when it first came out, but not remembering anything from the trailer. It was just a, a journey of discovery from episode one. Yeah, I'm kind of there in the sense that I remember we watched, I watched the trailer once and it was the first teaser trailer, um, which didn't really give away anything. Um, and then there has been later trailers, which I just completely avoided. Um, and I'm definitely on that path of like, oh yeah, of course, we're just going to watch a Mike Flanagan. But in terms of the comparisons to those other films you mentioned, this was way more on, on my hype level. Like, like say, this has been on the back burner since we watched Bly Manor that I always knew okay, this is cool, but I know that there's the next big Mike Flanagan show, which is his true follow-up to Hill House. And I also know that this was the idea that he's been trying to get made his entire career. Um, And so, yeah, yeah, I had, you know, way more hype for this than I did Old and Malignant and all these other big movies I absolutely loved. It was just because of the fact that, like, the last time he did this, it was so exceptional. Um, But, yeah, as far as, like, actual... Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, he's just, like um i don't know if you read it the um the essay that he posted online yeah i did Um, yeah yeah i wanted to mention it so we may as well do now because it's and then we'll talk about it obviously but he posted on bloody disgusting a guest essay talking about midnight mass and i Mm. think if people have seen the show and obviously listened to this podcast you should 100 percent read it i would highly recommend it Mm -hmm. because he goes into everything from the pre-production he even talks about like his other projects you know he talks about dr sleep and hill house and blind manor and he talks about filming this during covid and he and he goes into so much detail about everything and it was Mm. a fascinating read i highly highly recommend it it Um, is it's a shame really that you it's almost good as a, a kind of preamble to the show but it's, mm. you're better off having it after because there could be spoiler and stuff in there but it's yeah. kind of you know when he talks about how covid shaped the show in particular yeah. and how kind of you know how desolate the show is it was actually the circumstance of covid because they couldn't yeah. have all the extras on there and that that's not in it i never thought yeah that. <laughs> you know because it seems perfect like the numbers are perfect um yeah the plot point you, that they added about the oil spill so that's why yeah. there's like all the people that have left this town mm. i was like i couldn't imagine if this was a more you know no. populous island it would be yeah. weird definitely but yeah so um yeah i guess going into it um mm. yeah so this so it's a seven seven part kind of each one is like i said over an hour long so you so you're pretty much getting seven almost feature length episodes mm. of um midnight mass which is um essentially this kind of isolated island community that um are really kind of um throughout the tv show it's hard to really picture where they are in like Mm. uh, modern day or not it is modern day because we do see smartphones and we see the odd thing but these people really are living in the past um Mm. yeah i i clocked an original nes nintendo on a shelf (laughs) in one scene which made me very happy 
Um, and um, but yeah, th- these people are living very kind of um, old fashioned and and um, just completely isolated from the rest of the world. And it's kind of this fishing community, very small population. Um, what would you say? M- maybe a hundred people on the island. Yeah. Um, you know, when when we get into kind of latter episodes, but we really focus on a very small community because of the people on the island. They have a very strong kind of church community, and um, we kind of join the the show and the island when we get the arrival of two people on the island. Mm. So we first meet kind of Riley Flynn, who is our lead character, and he is. Um, left the island kind of effectively ran away from the island it seems like the only people that ever leave the island is if they run away yeah because families are so intrinsically tethered to the island you have to basically just run away from your family to get away from it which is traumatic in itself yeah if you don't Um, force yourself out you will end up being stuck there your entire life yeah yeah which is very much how riley's brother is kind of um is it warren how how he kind of is Mm. you know in the show but but yeah um, so riley is off the island and the uh, i mean the opening scene is in the trailer so i'm going to talk about it um where he um he's basically um uh hit someone whilst uh drink driving and gets uh arrested and sent to prison for it and in, this is what the opening scene is and then we join him post prison um sober and and going back to the island basically because he has nothing else he's lost he has no money and and has nowhere else to go so he's going back and he's literally going back to his old bedroom which has kind of been preserved in time like the rest of this island Mm. um and and we kind of um we yeah we we join him and kind of get to see him kind of have that very dysfunctional family kind of relationship um but but at the same time, kind of um, uh, a priest arrives, Father Paul, who is um, uh, there to replace uh, their old priest that kind of um, they they kind of sent him away for a spiritual experience, didn't they? Was it Jerusalem yeah. he went to? Yeah, that's what it looked like uh, to me in, the, yeah, in what you see. I think it, I think it was. And, mm. and basically... The, the old father was sent there to kind of have this spiritual experience, but he was very old and in his 80s. And kind of Father Paul has come here with the news that he is uh, the other the other priest is poorly and in his hospital recovering. And Father Paul is there to um, cover uh, whilst the other priest recovers. Um, and kind of his appearance on Crockett Island kind of um, coincides with... Um, lots of unexplained things and people start to kind of you know miraculous events that people start to chalk up and it really it really engulfs a a resurgence into their uh religious kind of community and it gets a boom and people on the island kind of start to really follow father paul and it's kind of it's almost our two lead characters journey from there on kind of um you know father paul and him getting this kind of uh following through the church and this increased following and then kind of riley kind of um you know trying to get to grips with what the hell he did 
trying to to get over that or or not even get over it but just come to terms with it and and just figure out what he's going to do in his life and um his family are very religious from the start and kind of involved in the church and riley is is very much at this point kind of an atheist and has just lost all passion for for kind of religion and we're kind of you know we get to see those two parallels play off against each other um as as the show goes on Mm. Um, and I think kind of, you know, it, it's weird because the more, the, the more I go into the description, the less I've really described anything that's a horror movie, um, yeah. or a horror TV show. And, and it's difficult because the horror is very subtle to begin with, you know, the, the first episode, we only really get a very small glimpse of something, um, mm. that, that's kind of mysterious. And then kind of, I guess kind of the the big thing from episode one was um, there's a big storm and kind of um, Riley sees father as father Pruitt, isn't it? The old, yeah. the old um, it sees him kind of in the storm running and Riley kind of chases him, but loses him in the storm. And then kind of the next day, all the um, cats that are on the Island kind of wash up on the shore dead. And that's kind of, the first kind of major unexplained crazy event that also kind of gets you into the mindset of there's something sinister here. It's not just, you know, it's not just singing hymns and, and, and kind of finding your faith that there's something dark going on. And what is that all about? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, like I say, going into this, not knowing much, I, I watched the first episode and the first episode is setting up because there are a lot of characters in this show. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of key characters, a lot of characters that you really do um, get a hell of a lot of development in, you know, you, you have Riley and his whole family. Um, you have kind of the, the love interest for Riley if you, but it, but it feels cheap almost calling her that, you know, Aaron, yeah. who is, very much kind of you know her own character very you know got a hell of a lot of story going on we get kind of bev bev keen who is the um uh what would you even call her she's like i don't know she's the member of the church who's like yeah, very uh influential in yeah, running the church yeah kind of <laughs> yeah and and you know got her and her whole story we have kind of um With the, the sheriff, sheriff and his child and yeah son, yeah who, we've got who's a huge kind of, kid characters actually don't we like teenage yeah, characters well, then about we have four kind of lisa who's kind of this dev- devote kind of to the church who um has suffered a, a uh she, she's now um in a wheelchair she can't walk because she was shot in the back by another islander who mm. we get to think i can't think of his name now he's a drunk who yes joe or Job or something like that i think it's joe corley or something they call yeah Yeah. it's something like that in it you're right yeah definitely joe yeah and so yeah we have joe who's this drunk who's kind of you know and and just all of these characters that that have crazy backstories we have we have um the doctor doctor um oh sarah anyway yeah yeah um and and you know she has a whole side story with her mom and just all of these characters and we kind of get thrown into them all in episode one and not a lot else. And I remember kind of watching episode one and being like, I'm really into this, but I still don't know what this show is about. And then they kind of really do get going with episode two mm-hmm. and, and pretty much from there on out, um, you know, taken just, you know, flawed by it. 
Um, I think, I think for me, the the thing that stood out the most when watching this was the the script and and the writing. Um, it's it's just insane. I think that there are there are so many scenes. There's one in particular that stands out, but there are so many scenes that are just these crazy extended scenes of dialogue between two characters. And they're they're so gripping and so powerful, and um, it's it's insane how often they happen. And you never really know when it's going to happen. Mm. Like you're just like you're just like chilling, and then suddenly like the the sheriff and Erin will have this massive moment, and I'm like, where did that come from? Like why are they just having have this crazy heart to heart? And e- everything about it felt so genuine and i think that's the thing that you can tell that flanagan has been building this world in his mind for a long time because there's pretty much nothing that isn't crazy fleshed out um you know when when you start to kind of look at every character every character we pretty much know their their life story and and yet there's more like i can only imagine what's in his head like he knows all of these people's lives inside and out Mm. um and yeah i was blown a bit away by that the the cast is obviously um quite a few of returning kind of you know flanagan regulars at this point um uh but with a sprinkle of new people and i just think you know the cast was absolutely outstanding everyone just knocked it out of the park and i just find so many scenes um incredibly powerful and moving um in particular in the kind of episode four to five part of the show um was just was just absolutely phenomenal and then when we actually get to the final kind of episodes we really do get to see kind of what what the horror is and kind of that side of it and and that side of it was great as well and um yeah i i, I was blown away by it i think it's kind of um you know when we when we talk about flanagan and kind of what he's done and, and with with hill house and everything else um you know it, it feels it, it feels strange but for me this is his masterpiece this is his kind of you know um real kind of vision for so long and to get it on the screen i'm just so happy he managed to get it there because and uh, and i i, I it's, it's not going to be for everyone like mm. it's not necessarily for all horror fans because it's not crazy horror yeah and then i'm thinking like I know so many people that watched Hill House and Blind Manor that aren't horror fans. And I'm like, I still don't know whether I could recommend this to you. Like, I don't know what it, who's, who it's for, but it was definitely for me. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice way of putting it. Um, yeah, I think, I guess, yeah, I'll give sort of surface level overall thoughts, but then I think mm. we will throw up a spoiler warning because it's impossible to talk about TV otherwise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I thoroughly enjoyed the show. Um, I, I completely agree with most of what you said, really. I thought that it's, to me, the, the show starts off so strong um where you know the opening alone is is crazy and i kind of like paused it after that scene and was just like oh yeah like i was immediately reminded like oh mike flanagan doesn't fuck around and like Mm -hmm. this is 
this is what he does is that he is able to capture these like heartbreaking moments on screen and that is kind of like his real gift as i think a horror director is not in the fantastical it's in these like real human moments of emotion but showing you the like the brutality of real life and sadness of real life and those are the moments that i just loved so much in dr sleep and and definitely in hill house as well um and i think that is a is a theme throughout for sure um but yeah it started off phenomenally well and i think kind of for me the first two episodes were like perfect i was at at this point i watched the first two uh my first night watching this show and then stopped for the next day and at that point i was like this is perfect it it was already for me better than hill house Mm. um because of and i'm talking about my first time watching it because i've talked time and time again that i remember watching the first episode of hill house and i was like this is all right you know like it wasn't now i've seen it three times in total and i think it's a 10 out of 10 tv show and i love the first episode but at the time i couldn't process it um and i thought this starts better then i think it does slow down a little bit um episode three was probably my least favorite out of all of the episodes um because ultimately as well you get a lot of answers in episode three which was like really shocking to me um, and i feel like they almost give away a bit too much of the mystery at that point um which is also an, another point i have which we'll get to when we talk spoilers but like I, I i was almost shocked at how much they gave away in the third episode because i remember specifically about hill house that it kind of it kept me guessing until the end and there was still reveals about like the red room and stuff about the house and about the timelines that i still it was like right up until those final sequences where it really all came together and i feel like this show they explain a lot of it early on and then the back half of the series is just fully focused on the characters like he doesn't want any distraction he doesn't want you thinking what might be around the corner he doesn't want you thinking like well what does how does this make sense he what he's like he's answered pretty much 99 percent of the questions i had and he's like now we're just going to let these characters who like you say are unbelievably fleshed out and well written and just let them experience this story now for the next four episodes um and that was incredible to watch and i was thoroughly entertained but i guess it was a different change of pace for what you'd normally get from a tv show and certainly was a different change of pace from hill house um because i didn't have those like i wasn't going into the finale thinking well how is this what's going to happen with this and was i was just kind of like oh no i kind of yeah, like we're just gonna see this shit happen yeah yeah you're just going to see it play out now and it's going to be brutal and it's going to be haunting but also beautiful at times and really thought-provoking i think certain uh times in the show and yeah like i uh definitely more specifics i want to get into when we do spoilers but i I really liked it i think overall having now watched it, it it's probably i don't think i like it as much as hill house um mainly because i don't think i was attached to any singular character like i was in hill house um i think luke and nelly were just like so phenomenal in hill house um whereas i think this is definitely a better ensemble um and i think that that is probably the credit isn't it yeah like it's credit to the show that this doesn't have i mean luke and nelly are just so much better than everyone else in that family in hill house whereas this is like well everyone on the island to some extent um definitely not everyone which we'll get into but most of them are incredibly well written and interesting characters till the end um which i think is massive credit to the show 
I think as well, what they do is um, <clears throat> multiple characters take the mantle throughout mm. this series. You know, it was Luke and N- Nelly that were driving Hill House, whereas I think with this, you know, Riley is very much there in the in the you know to begin with, and and you know we get kind of Father Paul, but then so many characters come into it more and more kind of Aaron comes into it more and more mm. um you know the doctor does and it's kind of all those things and like the middle part you know, you, Joe in particular is like a massive part of the show yeah you know and you get all of this stuff and you know yeah lisa has these big moments and kind of you know it was almost like i was waiting for like the sheriff to pop up for ages because like i i absolutely love rahul and like uh, like he he almost disappears for like two or three episodes, but it's not a problem because the people that are there are banging. But yeah, it's such an ensemble; it is crazy. Um, that, was, that was a criticism for me. I, I wanted more Rahul. I thought his, oh, his I character was very good, um, mm. and but it could have been better. I think he needed more dialogue. He needed more sequences to really flesh out because you, you get these moments of his history and why he's on the island, and it's mm. so unbelievably fascinating. And I, I wanted. I, he, he left me wanting more. Like I wanted yeah. more of that character and his his dynamic with his son and what they were going through was so interesting. Um, and I wanted more of that, definitely. Yeah, I think so too, because because obviously this this whole show is about kind of faith or or not, and kind of you know, um, people people following it, and kind of the different takes on religion. And obviously, he is the the crux of the show to get more religion in there. Mm. Um, he is the outliner from everyone else. Um, obviously, there's Riley, and there are people on the island that are non-believers, but he is the person that brings a another religion to the island um which is fascinating you know when they have that pta meeting and stuff um but um i want to just go back to what you said there with um you know how he he does give you all the answers in the the middle of the show and and that is incredibly different um to, to most shows but i don't think he ever really tried to be clever and and tried to you know, give mystery. I think like I had a pretty clear picture about what was going on and, mm. and, it, and and that's pretty much what happened, but I was fine with it. And then the fact that when the story unpacked very early on, it then does just give these characters a chance to, to go and just give these moments, um, you know, and yeah, I, I don't know what I would choose between the two. I think, you know, Hill House was a, real crazy roller coaster experience whereas and and probably a more enjoyable experience because of that but this was just beautiful and and just so incredibly crafted from every aspect that i think this is like a better made um all round but i mean you're comparing tens really this is like way more up my alley as well like Mm. that you know hill house i love it in spite of its genre in spite of its content because it's it's my favorite thing i've ever seen involving ghosts in a house like hands Mm. down it's number one with a bullet and so so i like that in spite of not liking that subgenre whereas i love everything about this of like Mm. this remote community you know on this island with weird shit happening and then you know the fact that we've seen kind of the power of faith and religion be used Mm. so well now in the last few years and i said it before where 
we're so far past like the exorcist at this point and it mm. makes me so happy because i was so sick of those tropes being used constantly and now yeah. we actually see like what what real humans go through in real life and how they can be affected by religion in both positive and negative lines and i just love that and that area is where i think horror should exist um and yeah with with saint maud with this and with other stuff that we've seen i think they someone, perfectly capture that someone like riley as well because he doesn't he doesn't want to turn his back from it it's just that he's had so many things that have happened that have questioned his faith and and you know it's just like I understand and can see that struggle where it's like, you know, he can't just follow things and he, and he but then he does, he, he even then over rationalizes things to a point, you know, when, when these crazy things do start to happen, he really should kind of take it on board more, but he, he does just over explain them and, and, uh, and submisses even the big things that start to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought he was, you know, so well crafted um but yeah i guess i mean do we want to go into i mean <laughs> pretty clear what recommendations will be and then we can go into some spoilers on it yeah for sure i mean yeah hands down recommend it like if you have netflix you know, i hope you've watched it at this point and enjoyed it um and i do think these are the types of shows that you have to um savor it because this doesn't come along often and you also don't know when this is ever going to happen again because like you say yes mike flanagan has done this twice now but these were hill house was this like lightning in a bottle moment and then this was the one idea that he's been been trying to make for over a decade mm. like he he doesn't make this and then immediately goes oh by the way i also have this other idea that i can yeah. make within two years that is equally as important to me like that doesn't happen um you know there's a reason why we know what his next project is at this point and it is an adaptation of a novel because that makes a hell of a lot more sense as you follow up to you've just poured your heart and soul and essentially you... a lot of your life story into this yeah. as well i was gonna say when you read his piece on bloody disgusting like you find out how much of him is in hill um in, is in midnight mass and it's crazy mm. yeah um but uh yeah with with flanagan though it's it's wild because i, I don't really know of another guy that's so good at creating their own original ip but also turning other people's ip into gold as well like he he really does have a gift because both aspects of what he's done is fantastic um and you know most people would be incredibly jealous of being able to do one of those two things have you not seen rob zombie's films <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean he had michael myers mask but it was a rob zombie movie <laughs> anyway uh, I, just, I, I just want to defray like you do yeah, to me <laughs> I, I appreciate you putting rob zombie in there um but yeah, recommendation, yeah, with a bullet, you, you should see this. Um, I think kind of, like you said, um, these things don't come around often. And in particular, with TV, we get so um, so much TV that's so caught up in sequels and multiple seasons and, and kind of it, the story gets lost because of the fact that it's going to have six seasons mm. and they have to spread it out. Whereas... Whereas this is seven episodes, that's all you're ever going to have, and it's all you're ever going to need. And um, it means that he can tell the story. He hasn't got to worry about, like, oh, shit, the sheriff has got his spin-off show. Well, he needs to be in this place for his spin-off show. No. 
we're just going to tell the story. And yeah, I would like a sheriff spinoff show because I want more Rahul and I want more of that character. But I didn't get it because there was just so much that was also in here, you know, and, and, um, you know, leave me wanting more instead of draining the jo- the story dry from the damp cloth, you know, is, is where I want to be um, and, and where TV should be and where TV's at its best. It's a good point because, like you say, there is stuff that we like that also is a victim of that, of like mm. here is the clear setup to the next season and, and leave you unsatisfying for two years and, and all of these other, you know, tropes that, that you see in TV all the time. Whereas, yeah, every decision he made through the writing and the directing and everything was purely for the focus of just making the best thing he could possibly make that was it there was no other ulterior motive of trying to make a franchise trying to get his particular you know message across it was just i'm trying to make the best thing and i hope that you enjoy these seven episodes and i hope that you think about the questions i'm trying to ask during this show um which it certainly did for me um so yeah, I guess full spoiler alert at this point. Hopefully mm-hmm. you've already seen this wonderful show. Um, but yeah, like I, I've got a whole list of notes here that I was just kind of scra- like scribbling down as I was writing this because there's so much to talk about. But I thought the the first two episodes in particular were like genuinely scary at times as well. Um, and I do think that went away a little bit because like the some of the moments like when you when you look out the window and you just see like the eyes looking at you and then they ran away like those bits were proper freaking me out the first time when the kids were like yeah on the island yeah yeah, they go off off island onto an even smaller island (laughs) and you saw like island yeah the cat island and you just saw the you know the 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 angel Mm. but you know we saw like a silhouette of some sort of demon sort of thing and with the eyes, it scared the shit out of me because mm. I was not ready for it. Like, you know, the, the show at this point had been, uh, you know, not pointing towards anything like that, really, yeah. at that point, had it? No. Um, you know, obviously, we had Riley seeing the, the ghost which yeah. was, or the vision, which was bloody terrifying as well. Mm. Like, just imagine, like, going to sleep every night with that as well, what that does to your psyche. Oh, it was incredible the way he got that on screen as well, because the more times you see it and he always starts with like the iron oh, the lights. Yeah, well, it's like it's the camera slowly tilts to show Mm. that he's like sideways to line it up. And then, yeah, it's always the reflection of the lights on Riley's face. And then, you know, as a viewer, like, oh, shit, now I'm going to have to see this again. And it's every time it like floored me. I was like, oh, my God, Mm. this is so brutal. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. So those yeah. scenes were absolutely incredible. Um, I thought like, uh, yeah, episode four was kind of like very slow up until the end, which was when like the demon just fucking wrecks Riley, yeah. um, which was again, a really shocking moment where I was just like, oh my God, what is going to happen? And then episode five was like, to me, it was the pinnacle of the show because yeah. it was like, it was so, th- this is the very definition of a slow burn where it was, okay, we're going to get all of Riley's story in here now and all of the conversations he was having with Bev and with Pruitt, um, you know, explaining kind of like his motive and and why he's had all these thoughts on religion throughout all the years and how am i supposed to live my life and then also the long conversations he has with Aaron about what happens when you die like 
all of those scenes were just i was like this is so incredible was and then five not that yeah that was five the, what, what happens when you die stuff was that all in well, five was it um some of that might have been in four because he, yeah. he got attacked at the end of four and yeah. then he knocks on her door and takes her out on the boat at the start of five and then all of the episode five is showing what he went through that night which yeah. is obviously he got attacked by the demon yeah, and he sits down with Pruitt and has all that cool is in her living room the, the day before like before he gets attacked but but yeah either way like all of that stuff is just you like you say every scene that he has is just um this extended scene of dialogue that is just so perfectly scripted mm. um and then but perfectly executed as well but it's one of these things where like th- there are points when like you, you're watching something and you're thinking, my God, that's a performance. Um, and and more often than not, you know, the script is incredibly strong as well to, to be able to give that performance. But for some reason throughout this, maybe it's because, you know, we're, we're invested in Flanagan and we know how much, it, it, you know, he, he put his heart and soul into it. But just when these scenes were happening, I was just blown away with the writing and the script and just like, yeah, the actors on screen were absolutely phenomenal but the, the, the stuff they had on the pages was you know was incredible and it just really um it, it every everything felt genuine with the dialogue to me yeah for sure and then, and then like that ending of episode five My God, was just yeah. stunning and likely executed and kind of like when it has that twist of like he he tells the story and she's like okay like if i believe this you know yeah. what is the next step like you've taken me to a place where i can't get away I like, know, i'm afraid you of you and he was just kind of like and then you realize that it's the reverse it's like oh no yeah. i'm not trying to hurt you i'm doing this so i can like finish my life essentially and you know without going into other spoilers of something else but like it this was clearly inspired by saint maud um the way in which it happened on screen i'm not saying he like stole it or anything like that but like you can't tell me that 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 happened that way because without saint maud like do you think that that was clearly inspired by that because the way it happened on screen where he sees the vision of you know the person that he's killed yeah for the first time she looks happy and normal and then the instant cut to what is actually the horrific vision of what's happening i thought was incredible i don't know really like it has to be because it's this it's the same there are crazy parallels Mm. but then this fits perfectly with the script the whole I think way to that way i think the way we see it on screen yeah. with, the, with the final vision and then the jump cut to aaron screaming bloody murder while he's mm. burning alive i think that has to be from saint maud i hope so i mm. hope so man like I, I i hope so but either way yeah i mean and just like those few seconds that we see him with the victim and then they kind of hold hands like it mm. was just it was fucking beautiful like you know with We've seen him um, have these horrific images of her just every night for you know for years, and to finally for him to get closure on that in those few seconds, um, yeah, was 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 great. Even though you knew what was going on, and then and then just to cut to what actually was going on to be brought back into the horror of it, I think I think that's what that's what Flanagan does so well. He makes your stomach just flip, mm. where you know, I, I had this, I had this few seconds of pure happiness, and then just <laughs> felt sick to my stomach, and then just the credits appear, and I'm just sat there, just like I can't watch the next episode yet. 
No, like, no. I had to take a break. Like, I watched four and five together and was like, I I can't go into six. Like, I don't know what's going to happen here. No, there um, should be, like, a forced break there. The, f- the fact that Netflix yeah. tries to then play you the next one is, like, a disservice to that ending. It should yeah, force they, the credits they, to play. Yeah, like, screen come up saying, like, you should take a break now. Like, yeah. just go outside in the sun. Yeah. Um, but that was, to me, that was the highlight of the show. And I think mm. it was, there was, you know, there was two episodes after that, which I really liked. But that was when you realize that, oh, there's no, there's no, like, easy way out of this. You know, there's, there isn't really going to be a happy ending for these characters. Because for a mm. lot of the time, you know, you think there's going to be a lot of redemption arcs. You know, they, they purposely set up a lot of bad things have happened in the past. You know, he's mm. dealing with this obvious, uh, you know, uh, incident yeah. in which he's killed someone you have like joe who's dealing with the guilt of of crippling lisa there's like so many things of people that ha- that are regretful of the past actions mm. um with the sheriff well, as his, well you know his dad you know yeah. riley's dad and the way he kind of shunned riley when he when he ran away and yeah like obviously aaron and riley's relationship or, mm. or you know there's so much of that so i really thought like okay there you know again early on i was thinking there might even be some sort of time travel element here because i was thinking like if there's a way in which um especially because i like kind of thought immediately that the you know pruitt was pruitt so i was kind of like i thought he had figured out a way to travel back in time at that point i didn't think it was you know like a um he he had just regained his youth I think I think probably the thing that I struggled with most was in episode one, how all of our characters looked, because mm. clearly people were aging up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously the the doctor's mother mm. was was, you know, obvious that, that was a young actress or younger actress. Why can't there. they? Why can't they still do that? Like that is the one effect mm. that is that is never convincing like no, I, you, I can tell a hundred percent of the time when it's a person in old person makeup and i don't know well, i, I genuinely don't like know if it's because ever do it is johnny knoxville like i, well, I was just I, gonna I, say i genuinely think it's because growing up on jackass we we were just like that was something that i just saw from an early age yeah so i just have an eye for it because i wonder if that's the same with everyone else yeah because i thought you agreed with me which which yeah like you i can just tell immediately oh, the second, the second i was like well that's a young person like i'm yeah. like well like and that was what added to me and especially the first like immediately at the start of episode two mm. she's like oh pruitt to his face and i was like okay yeah. like yeah. and that was why i was kind of glad that the reveal came in episode three because like at that point it was so obvious that he was pruitt well they've um, already done that and then and then obviously the way that um bev kind of reacted looking at the in in pruitt's house yeah i was like I didn't know what she was looking at, but I'm like, this is Pruitt's house. And she like looked at something on the wall and then looked back at him. And I was like, mm. oh, fucking hell. Like, um, but yeah, I never, I never felt like Flanagan was trying to pull the wall over your eyes with those things. And I think it was just. Yeah, definitely. Well, otherwise he wouldn't have, yeah. like, so he wouldn't have had all that Jerusalem flashbacks in episode three. It mm. would have been in episode seven. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. I completely agree that he's not trying, but I do think that, you know, now that we can talk yeah, spoilers, I, I do wish there was more mystery because I do think that, that it was missing a little bit of something in those final episodes for me, where I think if I'd have been a bit more invested in, I think one or two more subplots would have done it for me because there there could have been something else going on and i think some a character for me we talked about how amazing 
almost all of the characters are but there is one dreadful character in this show um called sturge who is like he's <laughs> the other bad. he's yeah. the other bearded character who isn't joe and he is yeah. he is terrible he has no character arc i know nothing about him he is literally just a device which mike put in there to get characters places it's like okay here's a dead body that i need carried well you know the the vicar can't do, you know the, yeah, like the, you know Pruitt can't do it and bev can't do it so he'll do it because he's a big guy and oh i need to tell this person this piece of information sturge will do it and, and that is and i couldn't believe it when i got to like episode six and he's always there in these important meetings mm. with important characters i'm like who the fuck is this guy like why is he still here and i'm like oh yeah because he's literally just a physical device to get places and i i don't know for someone who is such an amazing writer i couldn't believe he'd let that slip through the cracks because that almost felt like a first draft and then and then at some point you would then also make that into a character because then it wasn't so glaringly obvious what his role was in the show especially because like in episode seven he has like this reconciliation with the altar boy yeah who who is his son right i like, think so yeah because there's it's weird because then he also has that that conversation with this other random dude who yeah. kills his wife and and then but he that he turned him essentially yeah and and that, that was weird as well i just didn't i didn't get what any of that was i was like man yeah i feel like there's there is sturge stuff missing from it because mm. like i didn't get his motive yeah for saving that guy or not not saving him turning that guy yeah and um yeah like i didn't understand his you know what that relationship was with his son and, and all of this stuff and yeah he was definitely a weak link there but i think um i think i think for me those last couple of episodes i i just am um, like ever since like seeing her in flanagan projects like kate seagal is just just phenomenal um in in pretty much everything and like seeing her in this like i i loved her and the the last like once once we no longer had riley like i was fully invested in her and like i wasn't i wasn't like it's it's a weird show where i'm like i'm not necessarily like oh i hope she lives um i'm more just like i hope you get you you know to just get your redemption and i Mm. hope you get your win and like you know when she's kind of lying there and you she has that kind of moment where um we get to hear her version of what happens when you die and kind of you know in the flashback as like her neck is just making her slowly bleed out it's just like it's 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 just so powerful those scenes i think and i think that's what i take away from this show definitely there's so much awesome stuff there was one other thing as well i wanted to mention which which i didn't think was too great was we we get the reveal of Pruitt in episode I think seven of like basically his motivation oh, yeah. for, for why he brought the the angel to the island which was for love um, and I first of all the the scene in which they revealed this I couldn't understand what he was saying because he was crying and whispering to the doctor's mum 
uh it's such a like you know so much emotion in his voice that i couldn't understand what he was saying so i rewound it and put subtitles on for that scene and that's when he mentioned you know oh i always loved our daughter but i had to stay away and then i was like oh you've just like you know that's a huge piece of information and i couldn't i genuinely couldn't understand what he was saying Um, because there are times as well when he is so like he's constantly saying these passages under his breath and and you don't need to hear what he's saying because you 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 know you get the gist of it so that's fine throughout and he like i mean i dread to think how many words of dialogue he spoke in the show because he is just a million miles an hour words 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 and that's kind of like him and him and bev like yeah well him in particular like he's just like constant constant words and i do think that's really awesome in particular in episode six when they have the big mass sequence in the church and you're waiting for shit to go down and he is just constantly talking and like i loved all of that sequence in episode six kind of waiting and then like when the angel arrives it was just so good um but yeah like that scene when he was talking to her just i couldn't believe how poor that was anyway and then i was like really like he did it for love and now i'm supposed to care about these two characters not i don't know i just didn't i was disappointed I think, that that was the like, end of pruitt's arc for me yeah you talk about sturge and like him like i don't really care because there's enough development elsewhere like mm. I, I get it like what you say about flanagan like not fleshing it out but i don't have a problem with it but this this arc i i did have a problem with in the yeah like pruitt's journey and and where he was going like it was it was clear that bev was slowly kind of overthrowing him but i i would have just liked it if she'd have just flat out killed him yeah definitely and, I would and, as well. and, and like and then he didn't have this arc with with yeah because i i didn't i didn't believe it and i didn't like i i feel like that he was trying to rationalize why pruitt decided to bring the the angel back to the island mm. but i don't think they needed to you know it could just be that he was devote to his um people and he mm. felt like they were worthy you know that could have been his reason that no you know where he where he was where he discovered the angel the rest of the world isn't worthy until his community they should be the people that that bring you know bring the the well, that's what we're told. That's what we're told know. for like all of the show until the yeah, final and I, episode. And, think, oh, and also, I'm in love with this woman. <laughs> yeah, so I just want her to get young again. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't like that either. And I just think like they needed a way for Pruitt not to be the the bad guy the, in the final the episode. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and they needed him, you know, to to go. But I ju- I just think he was then trying to create something beautiful with Pruitt, but it was not earned um and, and yeah. kind of ruined the doctor character for me as well because then she just becomes a pawn in she their relationship yeah and i didn't like that because she was really interested up until that point yeah and so yeah i do i do agree with that and i think yeah i, I would have preferred just him to be overthr- overthrown and then gone yeah um, for sure but um but yeah when when you talk about that scene though when he's given given the kind of midnight mass and and the angel kind of first arrives like to everyone mm. like that whole thing it was so tense and then just like when you've got them all with the um you know with with the um poisoning and and handing it out and just kind of seeing who's going to take it and who who didn't and like i that was one of the things where i was like i don't necessarily know who's going to take it and who's not like i didn't i wasn't sure that riley's family was all not going to take it um you know and kind of like lisa not taking it like w- was a bit of a surprise and just kind of like 
and I thought that was interesting to see kind of, you know, when something this, um, you know, out of the norm hits you, you know, she was the most devout follower, um, you know, below Bev, but she was rational enough to see what the hell was going on in those, those few seconds and stepped away from it so quickly. Um, so yeah, I, I, I thought all of that was, you know, incredibly well done. Um, but the whole, the whole kind of, um, you know, last episode as well was just, I, I think it was just like this really awesome, you know, after we've had this real slow, slow burn just to get this kind of payoff of it mm. all. And it was almost just like so much crazy stuff was going on. It was hard to take in, but it was, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing all the characters. I thought the effect of kind of the, the mirrored eyes, the shining eyes mm. kind of on the characters just was, was really good. And, 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 you know, subtle and, and enough to keep the characters there, but tragic enough so you know what's behind the those glass eyes. Yeah. Um and I just thought that was really good. Like, you know, just when you when, you know, Riley's mum and dad kind of get reunited and you can just see the the glass eyes and you know what's happened to them. It's just um you know, yeah, really powerful and yeah, it just left me wanting more, really. Like I would have liked that to have been more longer you know, with, with all the carnage and, and, you know, like the, the guy who killed his family, like I, I would have liked to have seen like what happened there. Why did Sturge bring him back and choose, choose to do that. And then the, you know, the tragic events that unfolded and like all of that, I think, you know, the, the show just always had me wanting more. It's a really good ending. Like that was my, Mm -hmm. when it ended and the credits were rolling, I was just like, that is really fucking good because Mm -hmm. it was, what what i what you would have wanted it was equal parts satisfying it was weirdly cathartic in a way mm. to kind of see everyone die because yeah. it, it was it was the only outcome to this story was everyone and i'm glad you at least get that glimmer with the two kids surviving um yeah. you know let's not actually think about their lives at this point but i also <laughs> i also loved as well because again this is something i loved about the show is that anytime i had a question about something in universe it was always answered where yeah. i was like okay how does this work with the blood or how does this work with at night and it was always answered to me and one of the biggest questions and and with um erin's pregnancy as well and they also answer that one of the biggest questions i had was okay what's going to happen to lisa now and they they answered mm. that instantly in yeah, this, it was the final second yeah it was so cool because the fact that she was like i can't feel my legs and then she started smiling i was like oh my god that's so perfectly the way to end this well, you know that she's about happy that is, is it's is is it it's tragic that mm. she's gone back to that but it also what what that means as well yeah. you know the fact that the evil has you know gone out of her so quickly um you know it was such a clever way to do it instead of having this weird scene where like the the sunlight is chasing the angel and like slowly it's burning or something you know and falls into the sea like i just think that was such a clever way to to kind of give you you know enough enough kind of steps to draw your conclusion if you want to Mm, um for sure yeah yeah when the credits rolled i was just just had the biggest smile on my face and that i've just seen something special yeah same i think obviously going forward like we we know some obviously are the projects that he's doing but let's just ignore that for a second and like (laughs) for, for me I would just, I'm so desperate for him to do cinema horror again. I, I know that it's not the be all end all. And I know that you can be 
a you can become a horror legend not doing that stuff as as mike flanagan is well on the way to doing at this point but i think he is just so supremely talented as a filmmaker you know as a writer as a director and everything and i think the fact that we've you know we've talked so much about we've had so much mike flanagan content for the podcast but we've only had one cinema horror film from him and it is a shame that obviously it didn't do well and so it's like okay it didn't do well and then he's also got this amazing lucrative netflix deal and also all of the stuff he's done on netflix has knocked out of the park so he doesn't even have a reason to not do netflix stuff Mm. again it's like i don't know are you there or are you content with getting stuff this good anyway i i think it's one of them things where we love cinema horror more than anything because Mm. we love sitting in the big screen and getting that big screen experience and i think kind of sitting here watching hill house you know i'm watching it on my telly and it looks incredible and he really does have a craft to make things look so incredible so to see that on the big screen and kind of you know with dr sleep it was how that world looked and felt and how the characters looked and seeing you know some some of the the sequences in dr sleep where you've got the dream sequences and and kind of all of that stuff like um was so hard to do but crafted so incredibly well and looked fantastic on the big screen so i i I do hear you it's not something that i've really thought about too much but but when you say it i'm like yeah i would like it but um ultimately as long as as long as he keeps being as prolific and as good as he is i don't really care how Yeah, I think as well, like his style is more suited to TV because it is a slow, you know, he loves long monologues from characters and very emotional sequences that can go on for like up to 10 minutes at times. He likes a lot of long takes. You know, we haven't even mentioned it, but there is so many long takes throughout this entire show. Um, Kind of the biggest one that I spotted was at the opening of episode two on the beach with the cats. It's, it's like nine minutes and they're walking around multiple characters picking stuff up it's and it goes on for ages and the camera never cuts away like that was a really crazy one um but yeah like that is his why style does that? why does he create more work for himself man? well it's, it is interesting because i do think and i thought this after hill house like it creates what feels more like theater than than film or tv yeah. and that again is his style you know he lets he likes to just let the actors be in the groove and just feel out that moment and yeah that is his style if i had to kind of categorize his style as a filmmaker that would 100 percent be it and when you yeah. think about that style that makes way more sense for a tv show than it ever does for a film yeah, um definitely. so yeah it is interesting we did we did actually have some twitter comments uh, about this before we move on um because yeah we had some uh, as asking people on twitter what they thought of the show um so yeah shane said loved it great slow burner um we also had one from dave who says really enjoyed it but could do with a few less monologues they got a bit much um i I do think this is really interesting because i did actually put this in my notes um of the i like you say even though i love that style because it is his style it it, the the trick does start to become a little bit kind of overused at times i I think for me the the lisa joe one even though it's a great scene it was like 
it was so obvious that that's what that scene was going to be if that made sense the second they they were in that room together and they were both crying i was like oh this is going to be one of those long monologue scenes where they're both crying their eyes out and and pouring their heart out. and again it's like it's a weird criticism because it's well acted it's interesting it's it's moving the characters forward but it's like the 10th time they've done that version of that sequence in the same mm. tv show so even though i'm not sick of it i can 100 percent see where that would wear thin for some people what do you make of like that overall i do really get it because i can't remember which one i think it was when the sheriff and aaron have one Mm. um kind of in episode five and or it might have even been in like one that happened maybe in episode six and i'm just like uh, there was part of me was like oh strap in here's another one (laughs) here's the next seven minutes (laughs) but I was kind of saying it with a smile on my face because I was like, strap in because I've enjoyed all the others. Like, I know I'm going to get another 10-minute extended dialogue scene, but I'm in for the ride. Like, I'm Mm. okay with that. But I I do get it. Like, if if you're not fully invested in that, then they will become tedious because I do think as well that, like, um, you know, the scene when um, Aaron and Riley sit down and they... um, uh, you know, talk about what happens when you die. That really is the the, the question of the show and kind of the mm. whole crux of, you know, uh, the faith and kind of, you know, um, when you see all of these characters where, you know, Father Pruitt, you know, who's a man of faith, he has spent his entire life devoted to his faith and to um, religion. And when he had his weakness and when he kind of, um you know had his affair on the church if you like and kind of fathered a child he still he never took that family on because he would have to go away from the church he sacrificed everything but the second him and his you know his loved one got to the the age you know they were getting close to death when he was staring his own morality and her morality in the face was when he questioned his faith and what would happen and kind Mm. of sort out this answer in another place and kind of um you know when you look at people like sturge even you know they kind of just go along board with it straight away because it's not it's not really a question of faith it's a question of immortality um and the fact that yeah if we can give you something where you're not going to die great i'll i will follow i will drink the kool-aid is kind of what happens and Mm. kind of we then finally get that with Bev in her final scene when she's kind of, she's trying to be um, uh, very poetic and kind of go into the beach to, uh, you know, to watch the sunrise and, and do it gracefully and accept her fate and she will go off to God. And the second the sun starts to appear, she, she shits her pants and loses all faith and, and is literally just, trying to bury herself in sand when she gets mm. set on fire and she she is completely lost or you know she is she is staring you know the, into the barrel of the shotgun or come in she she loses her faith and 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 i think that kind I think position when you when you are you know it, it's called faith for a reason I think kind of like when you do have to experience that side of it that's when you're going to be questioned the most and and pretty much all of our characters crumble at that point 
Mm. I love that yeah. ending for her. That was so good. Oh, it was great. Yeah, exactly. You know, if she'd have just stood there and, and been cool, calm and collected, you know, I think it, I think the fact that she did break really does show kind of, you know, what, what Flanagan is trying to, to ask and trying to say, you know, and, and like I said, I think that, that, you know, he's not being shy in what he's trying to ask and say. Mm. For sure. Um, yeah, we do have a couple more comments. Uh, we had one from Chris who said, absolutely loved it. I didn't have any idea what the actual plot was going in. I'd only seen the teaser trailer and was blown away more and more by every episode. Mm. Um, and then the last one was from Kyle who says, um, I'm only about uh, three episodes in, but we are enjoying it so far. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you enjoy it all, Kyle. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it, I guess, for our discussion mm. on uh, Midnight Mass. We will take a short break and we will be right back. So, yeah, we did have actually another Twitter comment um, that I just wanted to briefly go over because um, it was to do with it was kind of to do with Nightmare on Elm Street last week, um, which I only mm. saw afterwards. But then it, it had me thinking about something else. Um, so, yeah, the, the comment was from Kat, who said um, in regards to Nightmare on Elm Street, um, I remember seeing this when Channel 4 broadcast it. I was about 14. I love how the first 30 or 40 minutes is so relentless. Uh, real life meets proper otherworldly terror because we can't escape our dreams, can we? Just brilliant um yeah like this reminded me and it was something i wanted to bring up as a talking point of kind of those memories of watching these movies for the first time when they air on tv and i think it's one of those things that you know doesn't exist in my life anymore whatsoever like i only the only way i watch horror now is either cinema blu-ray or on digital services you know subscription platforms or or buying digitally that's it that is literally the only way i watch horror um and yeah like i don't know about you but i specifically remember um Huh. when when i when i watched the clockwork orange for the first time right um I've it must have been one. yeah it, it must have been not that long after it aired um you know for the first time in the uk because it, obviously it wasn't allowed to be shown due to stanley kubrick's kind of self-imposed ban up until his death in 99 mm-hmm. I, I reckon it was probably 2004 maybe but it was on bbc2 and it was very late at night it must have started at maybe like quarter to 11 and obviously it's a very long movie and i remember watching it and being enamored at a very young age watching it and i remember having school the next day and it was getting very late and i was getting tired so i remember i had a tv with like a video player built in (laughs) at the bottom of the screen and i remember this is so weird like to even think now but i remember you could program it to just record a certain channel at a certain time so it was like okay i wrote put a tape in and i recorded like the last 40 minutes or whatever of a clockwork orange um because i remember getting to like him being in the in the prison um and kind of like all the you know holding the eyes open stuff and yeah then i remember getting up early the next day and watching the end of it before school and it was just such a weird surreal experience I mean, but that is I mean, why didn't you just stay up well yeah now i would like it would just be ridiculous <laughs> no, to even I mean, think that no but i mean if you literally woke up the next day early mm. you, you had the same amount of sleep just, I'm, just... Aware, I'm aware of the logic <laughs> guess what i was a child <laughs> child children are idiots <laughs> Like, I didn't know what I was doing. But, but yeah, watch it after school. Get 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 your sleep on. 
No, I had to see in the end. And yeah, I just, I, I viv- that is what I don't have many watching on TV, but that is one of the ones of like, my, I remember my experience of watching that movie for the first time and then obviously getting it on Blu ray and watching it so many times after the fact. But that was one of those real turning points for me of like, oh, I'm seeing something that like I shouldn't be seeing and I really yeah. like it. <laughs> mine, mine was similar in that it was, it was the first time that um, terrestrial TV ever aired Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh yeah, um, and I remember we were we were away on holiday, staying mm. in like a little static caravan, and I stayed up incredibly late watching it. I don't think you watched it. I don't think you watched it with us. No, I don't think I did. Um, no, I, I do remember you, you did. Yeah, because I think you were. <laughs> I mean, I was young, but you were crazy young. So yeah, I think. But yeah, and I remember. Um, yeah, just staying up watching it, and and just. You know, like, it's called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, it's already like, what the... You know, there are so many films that have this baller name that never live up to it. Mm. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it has the name, it has the poster, it has the image, and then it kind of lives up to the hype as well. And yeah, yeah, I remember just watching it and just being like, Jesus Christ, like, no wonder this hasn't ever been, like... You know, I'd I'd been watching a lot of horror movies at that point. Mm. um, And still, I was like... Yeah, I can see why this one <laughs> was. It took me a while to get to see. So yeah, that that was that was my probably like one of my only memories of like seeing something on you know regular TV for the first time. It is fascinating, and I wonder if that is still an avenue for people at all. Um, because obviously now you just have such easier ways of watching this stuff. You know, with, with yeah. the, you know Netflix, for example, is a prime example of that. Um, but I do wonder if that is because obviously you still have some horror movies shown on i guess the basic terrestrial but even stuff like the horror channel is on freeview you know yeah. it shows like yeah. a whole plethora of random horror movies so like i wonder if that's still an avenue for people finding stuff it'd be really interesting to see um sure. but yeah thanks for that comment cat because that really like it triggered that memory of, mm. for me and i really wanted to talk about it on the show um but yeah there was one other thing actually i wanted to very briefly talk about before we end this week's show um because yeah i wasn't content with just watching one entire season of a tv show on netflix over the past week sure um i thought well fuck it i'm gonna watch another one um because this what this show has taken over the world and i'm really curious if you've even heard of it um have you heard of a show called squid game squid game yeah don't think so so this has basically been like it, it came out a week before um midnight mass and it has taken over kind of social media and the world and is already on track to become like netflix's most popular thing ever um where it's literally everywhere i look it's people commenting on it and i oh, I, really... I i've just seen it on netflix i ha- i don't know what it's about yeah i, I yeah. knew the name was familiar because it's on like my recommended yeah, it'll yeah. be like it'll be like the yeah. first thing they pump out when you yeah. switch it on because it'll be the number one TV show and everything. Yeah. But so I had heard about it and I knew that it was kind of vaguely horror as well. And I do think it is one of those shows that like, oh, yeah, you're probably best to not know anything. And I think especially for, for like normies, if you don't know that there's like some graphic yeah. stuff in here it will clearly catch people off guard. But in terms <laughs> of like talking about this to a horror audience, um, it is worth watching um, because it is one of these in the vein of 
battle royale um the way i would describe it is like if you take what parasite was um which was also this is a korean show if you take the themes of parasite which is about kind of money and poverty and then you add that to the kind of subgenre and horror which is the kind of reality game show type stuff um you know battle royale but like the gamification of it Mm. um you know the platform is very similar as well i was gonna say it sounds like the platform yeah because that's obviously about poverty as well but yeah it is essentially like these i think it's like 500 people that are all like you know poverty ridden uh, ridden in korea get invited to play this game and it is essentially a series of children's games with you know deadly consequences i.e murder and you know the further you get in the competition but you win like a ridiculous amount of money um i think in in pounds it's the equivalent of like 20 billion pounds for the winner um and that is essentially the the crux of the show uh, is nine episodes um and yeah i've watched them all and i i really enjoyed it it is a good show i can definitely see why everyone's become so attached to it because it is very dramatic super emotional i think what the show does so well is you get so in invested with these characters you know there's a there's about eight to ten characters that are all very you know intriguing have really great backstories and you're kind of like rooting for in different ways but then ultimately you know you know what this show's going to be about um you know a lot of people are going to get killed and it's not shy in it it's extremely graphic and violent which is it's cool to see a show like this take off the way it has Mm. um because not only is it kind of like you know people aren't going to call it a horror show but it basically is so it's essentially a bunch you know the most popular show in the world right now has a fuck ton of horror in it and i also love when you see something like this come from a foreign country um because yeah most productions that we watch via film or tv you know is v- a vast majority are going to be american canadian or british like 99 percent pretty much of what mm-hmm. you watch are going to come from those three places and so it's awesome to see you know like when we saw one cut of the dead and it's like like you you want to do well for these people like they've they've really done something good here um and yeah i really liked it it's it's i would say it's maybe a little bit overrated just because everyone's going mental about it but that's kind of just like the world you live in um yeah. i think it's really good though i i definitely would recommend it i had fun with it it's got its problems sure but like overall like you say if you've if you've seen battle royale if you've seen parasite if you've seen the platform and you want to see like a netflix version of that as a tv show definitely recommend it um so yeah i just wanted to get out there because it's kind of like i'm sure loads of people that are listening to the show will have will have seen it (laughs) because uh it is taking over the world um and it is it does i am a little bit disappointed that it came out when it did because when you think about hill house when that came out Mm. and like that that kind of went yeah. into that broke it, the normie broke bubble the it got into the zeitgeist didn't yeah it? Like, like normies were watching that and loving mm-hmm. that and i and i feel like midnight mass all i'm seeing is horror people talk about it like i'm not seeing that break out the way because of course there is a a massive show on netflix and it, it and i it, i'm really sad for mike flanagan it's happened the way it is but obviously that's just pure potluck at the end of the day um but yeah it's a cool show i'm glad i watched it i'm glad i don't have to like avoid spoilers because that was the only reason why i kind of forced myself to watch it because i was literally seeing it everywhere um and there is a lot that you could spoil in this there's many twists and turns with the characters very very well written and acted um but yeah it's a cool show like i i definitely want to mention it on here because i think people might not realize how horror it is um because it is so popular but yeah it is for, for the horror fans this is definitely one to check out See, I, um, I needed I needed more of a uh, religious cult 
fix this week <laughs> and, and that, that's that's the kick i went on so i i sat down and watched uh children of the corn oh nice <laughs> yeah i i decided to watch the arrow 4k restoration is that your first um, time watching it um no but pretty much yes so mm. i have the trilogy on dvd and i have watched the trilogy on dvd but I had, I've spoken about this multiple times on the podcast. I had like this spell of like the DVD era of just buying these DVDs. And then I think I was probably like dual screening and like playing a <laughs> video game whilst watching these movies. So like mm. I've absorbed so many horror movies, but I haven't watched them. And and this whole franchise, you know, I remember this, like the Exorcist movies, the, the, the Psycho movies, like watching like psycho two three four like just like <laughs> in an afternoon whilst playing a game do you know what i mean and like so i've seen them but yeah i haven't truly watched them so this is so yeah it kind of is my first time in that respect and um like it's crazy that linda hamilton's in this and like just seeing her in this role is is kind of the best part of the movie really um is this post t2 uh no not t2 Right. Um, this, this, uh, like, I, I don't know when it came out actually, because I, I, I'm, I assume it's between T one and T two. Right. Um, uh, eighty four. So that would have been the same year as Terminator, then. Wouldn't yeah. It? So yeah, yeah it would have been the same, same <laughs> year. Um. So yeah, just seeing her in this role is is kind of crazy, and then just like, um. It has it has a really strong opening because you you get to see because you know you know the, the the rough plot right vague very vaguely I've I've not seen any of these films yeah but kind of like you get to see the kids kind of take over in the opening scene and that's really fun and then kind of it's an it's an incredibly slow burn for like an hour where basically it is just Linda Hamilton and her boyfriend like discovering the town and. And pretty much just being stalked for a very long amount of time because it's just kind of like no one's there and they're trying to find people and the kids are just watching them. And then eventually the kids kind of attack and and kind of, you know, um, capture them and kind of that's then when we get into kind of the the cult side of it and them kind of, you know, what they're worshipping and kind of the finale. Um, but, But yeah, there's really not, a lot to the movie but i did enjoy the start and the end and linda hamilton so mm. I, I ended up enjoying it but I, it's very slow in the middle um but yeah it's just it you know i haven't seen a lot of her in that terminator era really yeah. and and so yeah yeah let alone yeah like i said she looked exactly like she does in terminator one and yeah. so it makes a hell of a lot of sense that yeah it's literally the same year um and so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Like, just just the first few scenes when she's just with her boyfriend. Um, and just, uh, I just really enjoyed it. And it just made me think, like, she's really good. Like, I, I'd like, I wish, I wish I'd seen her in more things, like, back then. Mm. Yeah, it sounds really appealing for that aspect, for sure. Because mm. I'd love to see her in more stuff. But this, this has always been a weird one for me. Because, like I said, I've always been aware of it. And mm. it's just never intrigued me like you say it's it's one of the few stephen king stories that just i'm like eh, it just doesn't sound that good and i think if i'd got you know raving recommendations i would have seen it by now but i feel like i always kind of hear what you've said of like yeah that's good but it's not like a must-see mm. film is it well it's one of those um, things as well after obviously like watching it this week it's like 
the the kind of cult side of it and the way that the children are kind of you know worshiping this god and all of this stuff like it's it's so bare bones there's no explanation for it there's no real kind of you know unless i phased out which could have happened but like i just you know there, there really wasn't like a you know really deep kind of uh back plot to that it was just like oh yeah they're kind of gone batshit because they're following like you know followed this child and now they're following this god and doing all of this and i'm like yeah i just it needed it needed more of a backstory there and more of an explanation um mm-hmm. and and i think kind of that would have made the movie a hell of a lot better i really enjoyed um like you see malachi a lot of in a lot of kind of horror things you you you'll have kind of seen the scene when he's kind of going through town and saying like we've got your woman and stuff like that's that's like a really popular soundbite and all of that but isaac who's the kid who's kind of like the leader at the beginning like he's brilliant like he has a fantastic voice and just the way he he is basically like father pruitt but like 12 <laughs> and, and that's just really hilarious to see and like mm-hmm. yeah i wish yeah i wish i'd have got more of him preaching and all of that and like um I'm interested to see where the the franchise goes because obviously mm. Arrow have released the trilogy, and like this is this is a standalone. Like it's it's finished as far as I can see. Like I'll be interested to see, and it's hilarious because I've definitely seen these movies, but I have no fucking clue. Um, yeah, you like have said, to report in on it because yeah, I wonder yeah. if it's even like <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing it was just because it was a success they made sequels. Like I'm assuming mm. that it's not based upon any king material is it the sequels i, I, I would imagine anyway yeah. yeah so i'm curious because like i love when that happens that's something that used to happen a lot back in the day and you really don't see it as much anymore mm. where it's just like oh you know we it, you know it'd be like if they made it chapter three where it's just mm. like okay because because that has been talked about as well and, I, and i've already said in the past i would be fascinated to see what that would look like mm. um but uh yeah back in the day you didn't you know you did see that it was like mm. okay here's this continuation of this story and, and king has no involvement so yeah it would be interesting to see how where they go with it yeah um, definitely but the the restoration is fantastic mm. um it really it really does look incredible again like you know their 4k really does step it up a notch um and and yeah i'm, I'm probably going to look at some of the features on it as well because i i'd just be interested to see like what how people talk about this movie and kind of like the reception or that side of it so so i'm going to delve into that as well for for this one i don't i don't think i will for the others i don't know how feature heavy the others are but um i i find it hard to believe that i'll be delving deep into kind of the the, the special features of children of the corn three but we'll, we'll, we'll see well apparently it looks like there's about 11 films of these so yeah you got, you got a lot Maybe of films to watch. <laughs> yeah. well, i cannot believe right? there's that many of them that's insane there was one in 2018 and there was one in 2020 how did we not cover these <laughs> <laughs> i'm really glad we didn't <laughs> it would um, make my life easier yeah Oh, dear, that's crazy. I just love these franchises where it's like, man, and yeah, I, I, I knew there was a trilogy, but I would not mm. have bet any money that there was more than three of them. And the fact that there's I, I over ten. Yeah. yeah, I would have put money on the fact that there was only three because it's so, <laughs> like, um, you know, like I said, I remember the, the trilogy collection that I have and now this trilogy collection. I'm mm. like, <laughs> you know, but I guess I guess that's probably like how it is for Hellraiser. Like, Hellraiser yeah. so often gets pegged as a trilogy. 
Yep. <laughs> like, and, and boxed as a trilogy. And then you scratch that little surface and you're like, oh, there's a whole host of shit movies under here. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, oh, yeah, there's a there's a third reanimator movie that came out like 25 years later that no one talks about. <laughs> yeah, it's but at least not... that's them like uh, that was them trying and then it failed. And like at least they didn't do like eight more failed. Yeah. Movies. <laughs> like that's the thing. Like I, I don't want to shit on the Children of a Corn franchise, but the fact that, yeah, there were two. Uh, sequels that came out whilst we were doing this podcast and it was not remotely on our radar <laughs> like I, you know we, we we go pretty deep into what horror is coming out and yet yeah, no one's been talking about that <laughs> yeah i don't even know if it's real that was just one glance at wikipedia but yeah maybe it's, someone it just made them up like, maybe there were but, like fan films and short films who knows yeah well obviously like when i got into the whole puppet master thing it did get mm. hilarious where there are like movies that have come out that people are like well they're not puppet master movies i'm like yeah all the spin-offs and I'm stuff like, i'm like who's fucking judging at this point like <laughs> you know even even i can't like and then i was like oh, okay well that means i could ignore the puppet master versus demonic toys movies at least yes yeah, so you've like, got to preserve the sanctity of the of the puppet master got, canon yeah you the, the timeline is key mm-hmm. um but yeah i'll be interested to see where these next two movies go like i say it's it's a really nice presentation from arrow once again yeah, um, they just do such a good job. Like, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. But we we were talking, you know, before this got announced and came out, they're like, it, it, you know, their house and Hellraiser and kind of those those kind of collections, the Phantasm one, like, they really are great and, and they need to do more of them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that they've put another one out and that's why I had to support it. Yeah, that was a really nice one. Um, but yeah, that is pretty much it for this week. Uh, next week, we have another incredibly exciting show to look forward to. I, I cannot wait. This one has been like on the back burner for about a month now, and I've just been dying to see it because this is one of the joys. Like, I never thought we'd get to do this for the podcast no. that we get to cover a new VHS film. Um, which, yeah, uh, by the time you guys are listening to this, will be available on Shudder worldwide, um, which is awesome that it's on Shudder as well. Yeah. Um, nice but yeah i mean we'll we'll go into it next week but like ugh, i cannot wait I, I genuinely am so so excited for this one um vhs is awesome one of my favorite horror movies um and yeah i'm just glad that it's back and i and i hope that it's cool and i'm looking forward to it so it's gonna be a fun one next week uh, and then obviously the week after that little movie called halloween kills um Bye. so yeah we got we got plenty of awesome stuff to look forward to like i say we are in the full thick of it right now like the the new horror is coming thick and fast um plenty of good stuff on the back burner as well like there's that slasher on netflix with that like killer who wears the faces of his victims like there's there's like genuinely stuff that i want to watch that is like three or four places down the backlog at this point so yeah we're not going to have a a slow week anytime soon which is very good i think i think the old wes craven retrospective might just be uh sitting on the back burner for a while definitely like if we if we get to hills of eyes part two by the end of the year i'd be shocked you know it might be like one of our last shows maybe before we do best of but yeah, yeah we're not it, gonna... might, it might just be like have a break for a week before we yeah. do best of <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's looking like um but yeah that was episode 268 where we talked about midnight mass uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone I never could, how could I start now?